Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Collective Podcast. We are so glad that you're here. In this episode, Chris had the opportunity to talk with his friend Ann Wilson, which is just a, an incredible conversation. So here we go. Disclaimer to everybody, uh, Ann and, and I were on the last two tours together, so we already know each other. Um, but we can't really pretend that we don't know each other. No. Um, but that just means I can ask you better questions. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let's get into it. Um, first off, uh, congratulations on your recent K-Love Awards. Thank you. That was so crazy. Yeah, that was, it was awesome. I saw that firsthand. I was there and I saw you win. Um, I was super happy for you. Oh, um, thank you so much. Can we, can we talk about how you went from living in Kentucky going through COVID in Nashville? Like, how did you get from Kentucky to the Caleb Awards? So I, um, my brother passed away in a car accident five years ago. And uh, after I lost Jacob, I really just had this moment of, of realizing that I wanted to just use the rest of my time on earth to share Jesus with the world. And so I didn't know what that was gonna look like or how I was gonna do it, but I, um, it ended up being music. And so I remember it was like three or four days after Jacob passed away and I was downstairs at my piano, um, just worshiping God. And I didn't think anyone could hear me. And my mom comes in the room and she overhears me singing and I had never sang in front of anyone before. And um, it was just kind of a random thing. And she asks me if I'd be willing to sing at my brother's funeral. And so I prayed about it and I felt like that was what the Lord wanted me to do. And so I sang at my brother's funeral for the first time in front of anyone. And then that was kind of the moment that like God really was leading me to music and showing me like that this is what I was supposed to do with my life. And so I um, just started going to Nashville for co-writes and uh, met um, my previous manager and he developed me as an artist and, um, you know, doing voice lessons and all the things like get me in the industry and, you know, get me into this music. And, um, and so then I moved to Nashville in February of 2020, like right before COVID, I was a senior in high school, um, finishing out high school. I was 18, I think at the time, I just turned 18 and moved, um, out and then COVID hit and everything kind of shut down, the industry shut down. And then, um, I just kept writing that whole year, which is actually so perfect because 2020 ended up being my best writing year. We wrote My Jesus that year, Devil, something about that name. Most of the record was written during that year of 2020. And, um, and so I just kind of used 2020 as a year of growth to uh, move out on my own and then to write a lot of songs. And, um, and then we released My Jesus in April of 2021. And that song is like the one that blew up and, you know, started everything for me. And God started opening doors um, after that. So it's kind of been like a little over a year long journey now that I've been out as an artist. And it's been so much fun. You mentioned one time that you wrote 133 songs. Mm -hmm. Yes. For this record. I don't think yeah. a lot of our viewers are like worship leaders that constantly ask um like how do I get into songwriting mm -hmm. and a lot of, they they might just not have an understanding of like what it takes to to make an album but like how do you go from 133 songs to like just the songs that are on an album that is definitely like really hard because like as an as a creative you each song like means something different to you and you poured your heart into all these different songs 
Um, so that was really hard to make that decision. But honestly, I took there's 14, 14 songs because there's two versions of my Jesus. Um, but I remember like just praying over the songs for like four or five months and just like asking God to show me which ones that the world needed to hear. And so all the songs were very prayed over. Like I felt like God specifically told me to put these on the record and also have like my team involved in deciding that. But um, the songs that ended up on the record were exactly like what everyone needed to hear. And that's what I hear all the time is people message me and they're like, this song is changing my life. This song is, you know, making me closer to God or whatever it is. Like the songs were very impactful and are very impactful to people. And so definitely hard to choose between all of those 133 songs but there's probably some of those songs too that will end up on a future record but for this record it was like I think it was exactly what what needed to be on it did you do like a whiteboard and like do it one through ten scale of one to ten kind of yeah I do this scale thing like one to ten for songs and so I uh I just got together with my team and we just kind of like looked at all the songs and obviously had the ones that had already been out something about that name devil my Jesus no place like home but then we had you know 10 other songs that we wanted to put on there and it was so like so difficult to do but when it all ended up where where it needed to be it was like perfect and everything kind of flowed together in the record and it just kind of like all coordinates with the title of the record which is my Jesus Tell, tell people like that don't they've never been in a song right like can you explain like what what happens in a song right how many people are involved and, and how you like start to finish mm -hmm. so um songwriting is really it's very different I feel like than what people would think it is it's basically I mean you can write by yourself but obviously I feel like most of the industry does co-writes and that's my favorite way to write is because it's a different perspective in the room um, so I normally write with two other people and we get into the studio together and normally I come in with a list of concepts or titles that I want to write about that I feel like that God's been putting on my heart and then we get in the room together and we uh, kind of throw around ideas and titles and then once we land on one is when we kind of start you know like figuring out a melody like we'll pull out a guitar or a piano and just kind of let like melodies come to our heads and we'll just sing them out and whichever one clicks with the room is normally the one that we go with. Normally, every time we end up writing a song, everyone in the room agrees with it. And that's how I know in my mind, like, this is the right song. Um, there's never been a time where all three different writers in the room are like, have a different, you know, completely different opinion. Uh, most of the time, we're just kind of all doing it together. Um, and then at the end of the day, once we've written the song, we go into the studio and we do a demo vocal on it. And then it's kind of, the song's kind of ready to go. And and get sent, you know, to know what to do with it. So I feel like everyone's different with the way they co-write, but that's kind of how I do it for me. And just getting together also with people I know really well, like when I write with my good friends, like Matthew West and Jeff Pardo, those are always the best writers because we're able to just, we're best friends outside of writing. And so we come in together and we already know each other so well, we know each other's, you know, backgrounds and stories. And then it's just kind of like, we're just hanging out with friends and so much fun. So who, like, who from the industry have you written with that people would know? I don't know, like, if people would know these names, but, um, I mean, Matthew West, obviously, is a Christian artist. Um, he's amazing. And he, I've written with him. I've written with um, Stephanie Gretzinger. She's a worship leader with, or used to be worship leader with Bethel. Um, I've written with Matt Marr, um, another Christian artist. Um, I've written with a lot of writers. I just don't know if people know them. Ben Glover, Jeff Soika, 
um, Natalie Grant's husband, Bernie Herms. Um, oh my goodness, there's so many people. Uh, I've written with you know country writers, people that have um, wrote the writers that wrote Chasing You by Morgan Wallen, which is amazing. <laughs> and um, I feel like those are kind of the artists that I've written with. And then obviously a ton of other writers that um, are phenomenal, people that have written some of the biggest Christian songs ever. How did you, um, how did you like combine like your country sound with Christianity? Do you know what I mean? Like, like how did you decide whether it just be worship or country or put it together? So I grew up listening to both country and Christian music my whole life. And it was just like, my brother would listen to country and my parents would listen to Christian music. So as I started writing songs and actually having like a, a way to kind of express my creativity, I would, um, I would want to, I, I want the sound, the songs to sound like country music, but the lyrics and the content to be about God. And I just, it kind of came natural to me. And then all of a sudden it just started connecting and clicking in my head and then started putting out these songs. And I remember when we put out devil, which was, we put out devil the same day as my Jesus and something about that name. And I remember like 24 hours, maybe into releasing that song. I got so many messages about people who were not Christians, who didn't listen to Christian music, but listened to these songs because they sounded country. And then they would end up finding Jesus through these songs because of the lyrics. And so it comes very natural to me. And I love getting to combine those two. And I feel like it has so much of a greater impact um, sometimes than just staying in this. I mean, obviously staying in the Christian world is amazing and beautiful, but I have such a heart to reach people outside of the Christian space and just get the message of Jesus, you know, out in the world. Did you ever get any like pushback? Like, no, you need to go worship or you need to go one or the other. No, I think like it, it kind of made sense to everyone. Like they started to realize like, this is who Anne is. And I'm a very real authentic person. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to ever release a song or record a song that wasn't authentic to me. And, and the thing is, is like, I feel like people know when you're singing a song that you don't believe in. And so I, I didn't want to do any other direction. And I, this was like the path that everyone just kind of came alongside of me and supported me. And, and, you know, just, they knew that like, this is what made sense and this is what felt right. And it's been a very smooth journey ever since starting that. It's like, it just makes sense to everyone around me. That's cool. Do you, are you able to talk about like, things that are coming up, like projects you're working on, collaborate? Um, yeah, so I'm doing, um, I don't know if I can say this, but so, okay, I'm trying to think. This fall, I'm going out on tour. This is already announced with Casting Crowns and Kane, which I'm very excited about. Um, it's a 35, uh, I think 35 shows. Um, and we're going out to the West Coast. We're doing like so many different cool spots. And then I'm going on tour this Christmas with a worship artist. I can't say the name, but he's amazing. And we're doing a few shows on the West Coast in California together. And we're also doing a Christmas song together that will be released, I think, in September. Um, so we're doing like a Christmas song collab, and then we're going to be singing that Christmas song on the tour together for Christmas. So very excited. And um, next year, definitely have some new music coming out. I also have some Christmas songs coming out, but I can't say what they are or when, but I'm very excited about this Christmas season. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening. Um, how, how active are you on like social media and have you seen any of like the TikToks using your song 
um, that have gone mm -hmm. viral in like humorous ways? <laughs> I haven't. You haven't? Are there some out there that have gone viral? I feel like I sent you that one where the, the kids were the uh, the kids were performing and the mom was like, stop it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was awful. That was but so anyways, bad. How, yes, how active are you on social media? I'm very active because I love to interact with fans. I love to hear stories and testimonies and I love to like feel that connection between the fans. Yeah. So I try to stay pretty active um, on all social media platforms. Yeah, that's cool. I've, I, I noticed you repost a lot of stuff like when people do covers of your songs I or people video. Um, I think my favorite video was when those two little girls like saw you live for the first time and their mouths were just like oh, yes. jaws dropped <laughs> that was so cute oh my gosh yeah I like that um so do you feel like it's important for like somebody I, I know it's hard to navigate like using social media in a positive way but do you feel like if somebody wants to be like an artist or a songwriter they should utilize social media absolutely I think Social media obviously has its negative things. It's, you know, but I also think you can use it in a positive way and a way that you can do that is by using it to get your name out there and your talents out and whatever, whatever genre of music that may be for. But definitely think social media is something that can get you out there. And um, even TikTok, I feel like, especially for my generation, is such a big platform right now that you can post a video and go viral out of nowhere and then everyone knows you in like a day. Like it's crazy. So um, definitely social media is something that is a tool that we can use to get our names out there and to get um, our talent out and things that we're passionate about. And for me, it's, you know, about about the Lord and spreading his name. Um, but definitely think that that's a huge platform to utilize and use. Okay, I got some random questions for you. Um, number one, um, this is for the from and for the the worship leaders uh, at churches. What do you like to hear in your in ear mix? Oh, this is fun. I would never been asked this. Um, I love got to have a lot of click and cues for sure. My vocal really high. Uh, I do not like to hear drums. Like I will never hear drums in my ears, never hear electric guitar. I want to hear a little bass. And then I hear uh, BGVs. I always like those to be up and the kind of more of like just the melodic tracks in the background. And I like a little bit of like the crowd mics just to, so I know what they're, what they're singing, how they're kind of interacting. Do you, um, do you ever take your ears out or do you keep all, both of them in at all times? No, I used to take them out, but I always keep them in now. I think it's, it helps me to just kind of stay focused because I get very distracted easily. So I like to keep them in and just kind of like stay in the moment. Did, was there a time when you were using like, you know, like generic earbuds and then you switched to like yes. custom? Like, how was that? Yeah. So I used to use those Sure, uh, the $100 ones. What are those yeah. called? The SE or whatever. Yeah, I used to use those. <laughs> those were pretty bad. Um, but then I ended up uh, getting some Jerry Harvey ones that I love. And those are like worth every penny for anyone out there who does worship leading or music full time. It's such, so much better for you and your ears and just the health and quality of sound. What, um, 
do you are you particular about like what kind of microphone you use like a brand or I'm actually not I just like a wireless mic I feel like most of the time they give me I don't know if it's a sure or what what mic it is I never pay attention to any of that stuff but um I I really like just love a microphone that or I guess it's more about the mix but it just feels like my vocals like right here and not distant or far off and most of the time I think it's a some sort of sure mic or something mm -hmm. so when you're performing you're You've got like click track going when you, for your songs, right? When you do like in the middle of your show, when you do the acoustic set, like is that switch to no click? Are you still using click for yeah. that? No, we don't use click. I, I wanted that moment to be very like real authentic and I didn't want like click track or anything to be kind of like messing us up or making us feel rushed. And so both of my acoustic songs that I do right now in my set uh, we have no click, no tracks, and it's just me and acoustic guitar. And it's like so beautiful and such a worshipful moment. And then if I want to switch up the song and do an extra chorus or an extra verse or whatever, I'm able to do that because we're not, you know, confined to tracks and, and click. Yeah. Which, which hymn is it that you do? How Great Thou Art. How Great Thou Art. Yeah. That's a, that's an awesome moment. What, what made yes. you choose that one? Um, I just really love that song. And I love like just the lyrics of, of talking about like, how great God is. And I just, it's one of my favorite hymns from like when I was a little girl too. And um, so what we do is right now we do No Place Like Home, which is a song about my brother. And then we, right after No Place Like Home, we go into How Great Thou Art. And I I think there's like a loss of words after No Place Like Home. Like, I don't really know what to say. Like, I don't think people know what to, how to respond. It's such a, a really beautiful song of me and my brother and our memories together that it's like I wanted to end no place like home and just kind of have it be still in silence and just let everyone process it and kind of let me process the song too and then to go into a hymn of reminding people of our hope which is in the Lord and so it's like we don't we don't end on the sad note but that we're lifting people back up to the hope which is in God um I know because I've seen you do vocal lessons you do online mm -hmm. vocal lessons uh, yes. how, how'd you go from, I mean, assuming at one point in your life, you didn't take vocal lessons and then you took vocal lessons and now you give vocal lessons. Like, how did you go through those three different changes? So I started taking voice lessons for myself, uh, about five years ago, just wanted to grow my voice and, you know, I never really had been taught how to sing or anything. So and then I just was trained like for years and years and years. And that's kind of how it led me to want to like help young people out that needed help with their voice. And I'm very passionate about vocal health. I will never play a show without warming up my voice for like 30 or 45 minutes. It's just something that, and you've heard my warmups, they're crazy, but I just like really have to have my, my vocal health be top priority. And so I wanted to help other people and I'm transitioning out of that now, but I, I used to teach a lot of voice lessons and would love, just loved being involved and seeing young artists grow vocally and get better at what they're doing. Would you recommend like, like worship leaders that want to kind of maybe go into it as a profession, take vocal lessons? Absolutely. I think it's really important, um, whether you're just trying to grow your voice or you want to have a career or whatever, it gives you longevity because it's, they, they teach you how to have a, you know, healthy voice for long periods of time and how not to strain it and how to keep it healthy. And I think it's really important for, especially for those that are traveling and doing music because the road, it has such an impact on you. And 
you get worn down and you get tired. And so I think having the option to just have those vocal exercises on hand is so important. Okay, quick questions. Top three favorite worship leaders. Ooh, uh, Stephanie Gretzinger. Um, Jen Johnson and Carrie Job. Top three country singers, secular. <laughs> Morgan Wallen. <laughs> um, number one, Gabby Barrett, number two, and Lady A, number three. Um, top three movies. Interstellar, number one. Uh, I really like the Spider-Man movies. I'm just very into that. Number two. Um, number three would probably be Forrest Gump. It's just the sweetest movie. It's so cute. Top three foods. Mexican food. Actually, no, 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 no. Dunkin' Donuts is to me, it's like a food. It's coffee and donuts, obviously, but it's like my everything. So Dunkin', uh, Mexican food and, um, uh, Chinese food. Favorite sports team? Um, I'm not really <laughs> into sports, um, but I'm. I love. I'm from Kentucky, so I love the University of Kentucky, UK. And we used to be good at basketball. We're not anymore. But if we were good, then I'd be. <laughs> I'd be rooting for their basketball team. If you could go on tour with any artist, secular, Christian, whatever, dead or alive, who would Ooh. you pick? Uh, honestly, probably Johnny Cash wow. or Dolly Parton. Um, also think it would be really cool to do like a Carrie Underwood, a Lady A, a Morgan Wallen. That would be insane. So. But Johnny Cash is number one. Yes. I would freak out. What do you like about Johnny Cash? I love his, like the way that he writes his songs and I love the lyrics and I love the heart behind them. I love how real he is um, or he was. I love how, um, I just, I love his all like authentic self in each of his songs. And I feel like I've never seen an artist even to this day that even compares to him in the way that he does his artistry. Like he did it in such a beautiful way. And I feel like his music that he created in his lifetime was is some of the best songs ever. And it'll always go down in history for, for being that. All right, last question. What's your most embarrassing moment on stage? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Honestly, you can probably tell me this because you've been with me so much on tour. Um, or even before that. I've not even been touring for a full year. So honestly, there hasn't really been, thank God, there hasn't been like a really bad, embarrassing moment. Um, like I've never fallen on, oh, no, I don't want to say this because I'm afraid it'll happen. But like nothing bad has really ever happened on the stage. I think a couple of times, you know, I'll mess up the lyrics or the words or sometimes the track will, like the tracks will like, like one time we were about to start a song and the tracks from another song started playing and it like killed the moment and the whole vibe of it. Um, but honestly, oh, I will say one time I was singing in, in my mic and I bumped my tooth like real hard on the mic and my mouth started bleeding. And I was just like in severe pain. But I feel like no one really noticed. So I don't really know if that was embarrassing. Mm. Did you see anything embarrassing when you're on the road with me? 
Uh, I remember one time when your your mic was on a lot earlier than your set. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was awful. <laughs> yeah. But I I forgot about that until just now. <laughs> oh no, that was crazy. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you connect with us on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest. We are everywhere you want to be. God bless.